Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. supposed to do. I've just come from prison. <laughs> no, kidding, right? All right, guys, um, just in case you're joining, this is um, a Thursday meeting, and um, when we started, God sent us a big uncle and friend, and uh, Pastor Dapo, all the way from the United States. <laughs> and, um, UK. And, no, and you, you, don't, don't say you UK know your, your... Don't say UK yet. Your people run away. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, but he was not on that flight. Okay. <laughs> but even if he was on that flight, I'm sure nothing would have happened. No. All right, guys. But we are lucky and happy to have him today to join us. You know, it's a very different feel. You know, me and the choir members. <laughs> I, I was actually praying while they were singing. I said, Lord, don't let them hear my voice. Please hide, hide me at this point. My, my daughter is sending me a message to say, look, um, I can't see you. I said, that's a good thing. <laughs> She's not in the frame. No, no. It wasn't nothing to do with them. Oh, oh. No, but that's, but, oh so t- today I've, um, I- I'm supposed to, we're supposed to be talking about lost and found, right? Is that, is that it? Lost? Not lost as in L-O-S-T, as in lost, as in L-U-S-T. Uh, and and um, while I was asked to do this, I, I, I thought of something and I didn't think about it before. But then I, I realized that lost is life's ultimate slave trader. It is the key thing that every single person on earth is trapped in in one shape form or the other and the bible says it um first john 2 15 and 16 can somebody read that now this is how we're going to do this okay this is how we're going to do this everybody's going to contribute okay so and this is we're going to do a test life so if people don't know their bible chapters you call them up and tell them why don't you know your bibles okay so we're doing two, we're doing two things here this is why i'm uncle and not i get the privilege of doing it old school so for the first john 2 15 and 16 what does it say do not love the world do not love the world or the things in the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world mm-hmm. the love of the father is not in him mm-hmm. for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Thank you. Let, let's use this as our premises. Okay, so let, let's use this. Well, whatever you think of lust, they're, 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 we've got two or three categories. You've got the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All these things, every single human being, no matter how holy you may be, no matter how Christian you may be, is trapped in one or two of each one. But we want to talk about one specifically, right? We want to talk about lost as in, correct me if I'm wrong, who's going to frame it for me? We're going to talk about lost as in sexual immorality or desires that are ungodly. Is that what we're talking about today? Uh, And people will want to know how you get out of those situations, yeah? Is that, that's why I, I am here. I'm supposed to be an expert, but I've got some good news for you. I am not an expert. 
But, but the reality is, when I first, let me just start with this. When I first became a Christian, right, when I was, I became a Christian when I was 30. And I was on fire for God, you know, you, you get saved. And I was outside preaching straight away. I mean, I, seven days a week, I was doing something for God. Monday, I was in Trafalgar Square. I was praying for the nation. Tuesday, I was in men's fellowship. Wednesday, I was visiting families in the church. Thursday was prayer meeting. Friday was Bible study. Saturday was prayer meeting. And Sunday, I was in church all day. That was how hot I was. I was going out, sharing the gospel every single day, day and night. My workplace, in those days, you had the old screens. You didn't have all this stuff. You had the old, you know those old screens where you had those things bouncing up and down. And I had repent on my screen. I wanted my whole workplace to know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it was just bouncing up and down. But my lifestyle, although I wanted I was sincere, I was also sincerely wrong. But 10 months after I became a Christian, 10 months after I became a Christian, I was reading... Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, says, At a time when kings went to war, yeah, David sent Joab. And, I, and, I was, and the Bible says he was on a mountaintop. And lo and behold, God was speaking to me, but I didn't know. He was telling me, you are going to get trapped in lust going to go back into sexual sin and so I was coming from work my first day of evangelizing with the church the Holy Spirit said oh by the way my my daughter's mom was pregnant no my daughter's mom had just given birth to my daughter at the time so we were not married and I was going to go to the house just to say hello and just to look on her and lo and behold that would be the first time that I would do something inappropriate and I was devastated. I was trying to work out how can I be a Christian and do this. Do, do you understand? And as I was driving home, I almost had an accident. That was how bad things were. I was so confused. So I called my friends who are Christian. I called my pastors at the time. I said, I've just done this thing. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. I'm confused. I'm messed up. And to make matters worse, I then read Proverbs chapter 5. I'd never opened the Bible to that place again before. I was crying my eyes out, and lo and behold, before me was Proverbs chapter 5. And when I read it, I cried even all the more. And then I closed my eyes again, and then Proverbs chapter 7 came in. And everybody who's read Proverbs chapter 7, the last, the, the last verse says this, Her way is the way to hell. And I'm thinking, I'm finished. Do you, do you understand? That, that was how bad things were for me as a person. And I was asking, why did I actually do it? I had to find a solution. How did I get myself in this mess? And it would take me another four years to understand the difference between my spirit and my flesh. Are you, are you, are you with me? It's taken four years to. Nobody really explained that when you become born again, that is your spirit that becomes born again, not your flesh. Your flesh is still going to fight. Your flesh is still wants to do the things that the world has to offer you, which is the lust of the eyes and, and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. All these things are still fighting in your flesh. But then your spirit is also there. So you now have two things giving you information. You have the spirit of God 
telling you what to do and you have your flesh telling you what to do right so it, it was I, I went to meeting up a meeting I went for prayer I went for deliverance I laid my hands until I came to a conclusion and I'm gonna give you five things that I've now come to realize that if you really want to get out of sin although we're going to be specific with lust if you get if you really want to get out of sin these five things God has already given to you five things God has already given to you but before I go into those things I, I want to make it very clear when you become a Christian you've only got two choices either to obey God or to disobey him yeah it's a, it's a choice that you have it is not optional either you either choose to obey or you choose not to obey and I had to learn how to begin to obey how to crucify my flesh and to embrace God's will God's mind now let me say before I go into these things one more thing what this whatever you watch whatever you hear is a choice that you make you made the choice so if you're watching Game of Thrones, for an example, I watched one episode and I switched off the TV. I didn't even actually finish watching it. I just switched it off. My spirit would not allow me to watch it. There's certain things I can't watch. There's certain things I can't listen to. Even when I'm outside in a pub or in, in, in a resident playing those kind of stuff, my spirit just becomes more alert and I just begin to reject it spiritually because I'm now growing in the faith do you, do you understand so their choices and their decisions that I'm making currently to say no to some things because I'm not going to invest my time and my money in things that will that are against God I've got to invest my time and my money that are in things that are for him and so these are decisions that I made I packed all my CDs that I had at the time and please I'm not making this a legalistic rule so so you don't think I packed all the CDs at the time and somebody said oh why don't you give those CDs away and I'm saying, why would I give something that I feel that is not good for me? Why would I give it to you? So that's where we started from. So let's go through these five things. Let's, let's, let's see if we can... Five things. The first one is the first thing that God has given to all of us. Every person who believes in him, even those who don't believe yet, he has given us his love. Would you agree? Yeah? Right. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 8, I need someone to read. Romans 5 8 but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that we are still sinners Christ died for us now what, what is this saying what is God doing here when, when we become Christians you know when you're in debt you know it's a great thing when somebody just wipes away everything it gives you a new start you, you know that it it's not like those God did not give us a debt management plan do you, do you understand he didn't say you're in debt so you can pay this amount and we're gonna work with you until you pay everything off that's not how God worked God said to us straight away while we were in sin he had already died for us that means that he had given us a clean state from the very beginning everything we've done in the past was forgiven everything we have we, we every sin every error every misjudgment every misconception 
every ignorance he has forgiven us so he wiped the slate clean so that we can start from the a level playing ground that's the first thing that god did to us and until we begin to understand that even though we were insane he had died that means that he's telling us straight away listen guys I know you had a bad start. No matter where you were born, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, we all had bad starts. What was that start? We were all born in sin. Correct? And because of that, God says, I understand you've come to me now. You don't have a bad start anymore. I'm cleaning that. It's late. I love you so much. I'm giving you a new slate. This is where you can build from. So that's the first thing that God did. That's the very first thing he did. So he gave us his love. Correct? Now, the second thing that he gave to us, he gave us his grace. What is grace? Let's go to Timothy, second, no, Timothy chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Somebody read that. Timothy, no, sorry, Titus chapter 2, not Timothy, Titus chapter 2 and 11. Um, not pilfering but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For by the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Let's go to verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we, shall live, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Not only did he wipe the slate clean, he also gave us the power the grace of God to teach us to deny. Now, let me say something. The Old Testament teaches us not what not to do. Yeah? Correct? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Do you know that's the minimum standard? That's not God's preference. Too many people are trying not to do something. Right? But the standard of a God is what he wants you to do. So if you're busy doing what he wants you to do, then the don'ts come into, the play, into play. So for example, let's take it. Ephesians says this. Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Let him, you should not tell a lie, but rather tell the truth. Correct? Now, the least you should do, least, is at least don't tell a lie. But God's preference is for you to be truthful. Do you, do, you, do you get that? Yeah? In the next one, he goes, you shouldn't steal. Yeah? Let him who steals, steal no more. But let him give. So, the least you should do is don't take what doesn't belong to you. Correct? But what I want you to do is be generous. So, if you're generous, you can't steal. Do you, are you, are you, you understand? So, so, the grace that God has given to us is an enabling power to do the things that he wants us to do, but also to stop doing the things that he wants us to do. That is why he has given us the second thing, which is grace. And grace is the enabling power of God to work in us to do the things that he wants. Now, let's take this for an example. Let me, I'm going to give a share a part. There was a particular time I was driving down to... Cardiff, which for those who may not London, it's kind of like going to uh, maybe Quarra State. Just that the roads are good. <laughs> right? So I'm driving in the night and my, my daughter's in the car and there's a particular lady that I not trying to boast about my looks, but, but there's a particular lady that's got an attraction for me. 
and I was driving late at night and I was supposed to go and speak at a conference and while I was on my way um, I didn't have the address of the hope my host so I, I was kind of and it wasn't like the days of sat nav you, you had to use your but the, it was about 11 o'clock at night and they were in a prayer meeting so and the Holy Spirit was moving so they didn't pick up their phone and I was just wondering where I was going to pray. I was thinking Lord what's going on there now the only option I had was to go and stay with her my, my, my heart was pounding because I didn't I was still working this whole sex thing out and I'm thinking to myself if I go and stay with her all night what is going to happen so I kept on praying. I, I began to pray in tongues. I understand. I was really praying. I said, God, I know you don't want me to sin. I know you love me so much. I began to pray. I began to pray. And I said, God, you need to help me now because this is the only place that I need to go. You know what? As soon as I pulled up at her doorstep, I got the phone call. Oh, sorry, we were in a prayer meeting. Can you, this is where you need to say, do you know the speed in which I turned the car, the speed in which I turned the car right around and I was gone. Then I began to realize, actually, if I don't want to do anything, grace is there for me. All I need to do is just simply ask. What amazes me is, you know, people confess after they have sinned. You, you know that? You know, I, I spoke to some people recently and they had done some stuff. So I asked them a question. Why didn't you call me before? I said, we talk literally almost every other day. But on this occasion, you didn't call. You could have just picked up the phone and called and said, this is, I'm struggling with this thing. Which leads me to the third point. We have each other. Yes, we have. See, if you could do it alone, you don't need anyone else, then you, would not, you don't need a church. Okay? Right? But you can't do it alone. We have each other. We need to get away from this whole activity-based church lifestyle to relationship-based church lifestyle you, you know you, you know that the the, the activity-based lifestyle is we come together and we do things together but the relationship lifestyle is i really know you as a person i know the good i know the bad i know the ugly and in spite of that i still love you it will break the mold If we come together and we confess more and when we confess we don't gossip about it and when we talk about it we would change we the, the church is a healing center a place where people should come and be able to talk about their faults and their mistakes and the errors that they made the, 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 the elders, let me, let me say something. I understand that people have abused power and abused authority and messed up many people. But the elders are there as fathers. They're not there as, I am closer to God, I'm your intermediary. The elders are there as fathers and as mothers to walk with us, to talk with us, to guide us, to lead us. That is the whole journey. Church was meant to be family. You can't throw them away even if you wanted to. And, and it's a mistake that we make. 
you sin and, and you go to someone and, and they, 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 they feel proud. Oh, why did you do that? What is wrong with you? Don't you have any common sense? And there's sometimes you may need to be strict and tough on people and tell them, listen, what's wrong with you? Get yourself together. I had a friend who, who told me once that um, when he became a Christian, a, a girl was interested in him. She'd never, before he became a Christian, she was not interested in him once. She, she didn't even, but this particular day, she was talking to him. Yeah, I, okay, we'll find out. He was talking to him and he was smiling and it was, wow, this, this Jesus thing was good. And then, and then a friend was coming on the bike and slaps him at the back of the head and says, what are you, you better find your way to church. You say, you, better are the wounds of a friend. Do you, you understand what I mean? The relationship should be such that no matter what it is, we can work it out together. That's what a church is meant to be. You know, I'm amazed when Jesus told Peter that you're going to deny him, you're going to deny me three times. You know, I'm, 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 that scripture baffles me. It says, you're, you're going to deny me three times. And he didn't stop him. He says, Satan has already got plans for you, Satan. It's going to sift you, but I've prayed for you. You know, the church, if we pray more for one another and are open to one another, there will be no hiding place. One thing I learned early on in my Christian faith was if I want to get sin out of my body and my mind, I don't care what you think of me, to be honest. I, I really actually don't care. I, 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 that's your problem. I want the sin out and I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I've stood before people, I've confessed. I've said, look, you know what, I messed up yesterday, I, I've done this, I, 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 I lied, I, I've done it before. And I just reason because I want to get the sin out. And along the way, do you know how God helped me? Let me tell you how he helped me. One day I was doing, we were doing an outreach and an old man told me how um, he was smoking, he used to smoke. He said he wanted to give up smoking and then he said to me that God told him that the reason why you're smoking is because you want to, correct? He says you want to, it's not because I can't help you. Because deep down inside of you, you have the desire to smoke. Because if you don't desire to smoke, you will not do it. And he said, wow, that's a big one. So what do I do? Say, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. So he began to ask the Lord, take away the desire smoking Lord, no, he didn't say take away smoking he said take away the desire see most of the things that we're playing out are symptoms of a deeper problem so a guy who wants to sleep with many girls or is into pornography there's a deeper problem it's not the that's just to appease something from deep within sometimes you need other people to help you it's not, sometimes it's not a deliverance thing. It's not a demon. I don't believe Christians, true Christians can have a demon. I believe that they can be influenced by demons, right? But I don't think, this is my personal opinion, that a true Christian can have the Spirit of God and have a demon. I, I don't believe that. 
But I do believe that we can be influenced and we're blinded by the things and we're just carried away in our own world. Now, so when he told me this, that sin and desire, so I, I began to realize, well, actually, so every time I want to sleep with a woman that is not my wife, it's because there's a desire inside. And it's like in the same way when I went on that night realizing that if I went to sleep in this lady's house, that it would cause me a problem. Then I began to pray that God made me made a way for me, because I didn't desire to sleep in her house. Do you, do, you, do you see where I'm coming from? There was no desire, and I was out of fear. I'm thinking, I don't want to go there. That's not where I need. Lord, you need to help me out. So as I was crying out to Him, He heard my cry, which made it, which made sense a way of escape. He He made it possible for me to escape that trap. That's that's the key thing, you know. So. So this person is now, this old man has now taught me something that I didn't know in church. And that was the final jigsaw puzzle. I realized that only when I walk with other people that my salvation and deliverance, I use salvation in a, in a loose sense, not salvation in terms of my redemption, but my salvation from that particular sin can help because they have the key to help me. And it's the way God has worked it out. God has worked it out that none of us can be an island. It's, 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 it's irresponsible for you to think that I can serve Jesus on my own. It's, even Jesus chose his twelve. Do, do you understand? And even when the apostles were going out, they always went out two by two. So you can't sit down and say to me, oh, I've got a problem with pornography, and, and, and then you now hide it, thinking that you're doing yourself a favor, you're keeping your reputation up. And you know what was annoying for me at that time? Let me, this was really annoying for me. People used to call me mighty man of God. You know those words. So, you know, because I was evangelizing, right? So people will call me, ah, this man of God, ah, you're so on fire for God. But you know deep down inside you're a fraud. You, you, you get that? And so that was the third thing I had to learn that if you really want to overcome lust, you've got to be part of a body. And there were a few friends of mine that I always met with. We had this meeting that we would, outside of church, but we'd meet twice a month, we'd meet, meet in each other's houses. And um, I knew that if I was going to go to that meeting, I was going to confess my sins. I, I had to confess. So that was another motivation. I, how could you go every single week and confess sins? Don't you think it's boring? Every single week. Can you imagine? So I, so I knew that I was going to that meeting. So those two weeks, I had to stay holy. Because I didn't want to go to the meeting again and say, I've fallen again. They say, don't you have Jesus in you? you know, so, so those kind of things motivated me, helped me to stay on the straight and narrow. Which then leads me to the fourth thing. The fourth thing is God has given you a task to do. Romans, um, Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10. Somebody read that. For by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest, any, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
beforehand God had prepared a task for you to do when you're not doing it you're going to do what the devil wants when you're doing it you don't have time to think about your flesh you know I was in prison on what's it yesterday Wednesday I, I went to prison yeah you'll be surprised I go to prison often um, and um, <laughs> this man is too holy so, but anyway I, I went to prison to go and minister yesterday and um, didn't know I just didn't know wasn't just was going with a group to observe what they do and while, while we were in prison I remember that I was once in prison about over 35 years ago I, I, I was in prison I was in Kirikiri for two and a half months I've been to about five different prisons in this state five um, uh, no, no, then it's, that Danny was I don't think it's that much different because um, the guys that I saw they were much much more happier than where I was <laughs> but anyway um, and and while I, while, while, I, while, I was in, while I was in prison I, there's a life you'd never seen when, when you go I mean going in now it's different because I'm going to minister in those days it was a life I was never exposed to not knowing when you were going to come out you, I was sitting down with arm robbers I was sitting down with murderers I was sitting down with people who were pedophiles I was sitting down with all these people they were a lot older than I was I was young and they were a lot older and, but I'd seen the grace and the hand of God upon my life because the guy who had killed someone who was a murderer I'm not talking about one or two because he told me the things he had done he'll say don't worry as long as I'm in this prison nobody's going to touch you I'm going to I will be your protection seriously it was that he just said you're not one of us you don't belong here but I just like you I don't know why so therefore I would and these guys were hefty guys I mean Tip Joshua's with this this guy this, this guy's muscles one one punch you're, you're gone your history but he said I will protect you but he will come to my cell and he will tell me about his life tell me the things that he's done and I was sitting down as a 90 year old boy I'm thinking to myself why is this guy telling me this but I have to listen because it's my life <laughs> Then they noticed something about me. They said, we'd like you to preach. Now, I wasn't a Christian, so don't get... Uh, I wasn't a Christian. And I had a choice. I had a preach. I'll be meeting. Be meeting you know, I thought, hmm, I'd rather preach. But I didn't have a clue about what I was preaching about. Yeah? I just pick up... Because they were not well-educated, it was easy to repeat the word. So instead of preaching like, you know, Jesus said... You know, you read about what Jesus said. In order to make up, Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, and said Jesus again. So you keep on repeating those words. But, but I learned something in those days. You know, you just repeat, you know, you just rephrase it. Make it sound nice. Make, you know, just, you know, those kind of inspirational talks. People say, wow, that's Rema. Or I don't know what you guys use. What's the word? You guys, what the word, word, word. You know, when they, when they do that, they go, word, word. They're like, they're like you see, you see the girls you see the man go you see the man you see the girl you think oh, it's, it's all hype that's all hype anyway um and so when i was there yesterday it reminded me of 
those years how God had delivered me, set me free. So while I was preaching yesterday, while I was talking to the guys, I, I told them about these two choices, that in prison you learn two things. You learn to be a criminal, a better criminal, or you learn to be good, either way. And 18 people responded to the gospel, and, I, and we give glory to God. But I was doing what God wanted me to do. I can't, I'm not thinking about sin. Do, do you understand? I'm thinking about, I'm here to serve God. I'm here to serve people. I'm here to disciple. You know one of the reasons why I disciple people? Because those people help me stay on the straight and narrow. Can you imagine the number of people that I've discipled in my lifetime hearing about my failure? What effects it could have on them? So because I'm busy doing the work of the kingdom, I can't think about my flesh. Too many people are idle. So they always think about the flesh. If I need to, okay, right now we're in a situation where we're in this world disaster. Can you really be a Christian and not want to pray? Can you honestly be a Christian and not think about the people who are hurting, the people who are fearful, the people who are doubtful? The, can you just really be a Christian and not think, God, I, we don't know whether this is God's judgment. We don't know what it is, but would you not fall flat on your face and say, God, just help us here? Do you, do you understand what I mean? This is what Moses did. Moses didn't have time to think about himself. Egypt was good to Moses. But he didn't want anything to do with Egypt because he had a better task in hand. He was going to take these people to the promised land. And we have a task on our hand to make disciples of all nations. And if we're really busy doing it, you won't have time for sin. You won't have time to watch some of the stuff that you guys watch. I mean, you won't have time to listen to some of the stuff that you listen to because deep down your spirit will be saying, this is not what it's all about. It's, this is why, this is the fourth thing. God has given you something to do. doesn't matter how small you may think it is, it is still important to him because he gave it to you. And those of you who are listening to me, every single person has been given something to do. You do it, you won't have time for sin. You don't have time. When you've got out on the streets or you've come back from work, you've gone to sh listen to somebody's story and they tell you how they've been raped or how they've been broken. Do you think you're just going to come back home and, and sit down and say, oh yeah, I've just done my days. I'm going to sit down and watch TV knowing fully well that the person you've just seen is broken, messed up and or is suicidal. What do you, you can't just go back into sin. When you're doing the work of the kingdom, it's, it's impossible. The last one that I want to talk about, which is what most people don't want to talk about, and those who talk about it, talk about it in the wrong way, is the last thing that God has given to us is his judgment. The judgment of God upon sin. It is a real fact. You can't deny it. Now, I want to deal with this in, you, you've got it in 
Hebrews chapter 10 and Hebrews chapter 12. And we're not going to read because they're very long, but Hebrews chapter 10 and Hebrews chapter 12. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, he talks about resisting sin and talks about the fight against sin and talks about the judgment of God on sin. Now, can I ask you to read Isaiah 26, verse 8 and 9? I need someone to read that. Isaiah 26, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> Yes, in the way of the judgment. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord. We have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you earlier. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. When we become more conscious of God's judgment, it brings the fear of God into us. You, you can't take that away. God will judge. Say, now, let's qualify this. If you're a child of God, God will discipline you. No matter how, you know, there's certain things that I, I, God said, I want you to do this. I don't want you to go down this area. And I'm saying, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. The effects of those things cause me a lot of pain. If you're a true child of God and you're doing what he doesn't want you to do, he will bring you into a place of discipline because he loves you. Remember where we started from. We started from the love of God. And that is very real. You, you can't deny that. Every single person. Can you imagine what Peter felt like when he came after the cock crowed? Could you imagine his feelings? He just gave up the ghost and said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go fishing. You, you know that it would have been painful can you imagine how Paul felt when he came to the realization of what he had done and the judgment that could have been upon him can you imagine you understand so one of the key things is that God has put his judgments in place now when I talk about the discipline to a child of God it is discipline because God loves you he can't allow you to keep on going along that path so he's going to do something to bring you back to your senses but to the world it is judgment and you can't preach a full gospel without talking about the love of God and not talk about the judgment of God they both go hand in hand and this is very important because when I recognize as you get older in life as you know that you are walking a certain pathway you begin to realize that one day you're going to stand before him and everything that I have done is going to be tested by fire that's what he says it's everything why I did it is going to be tested by fire now do I know I am saved I know I am saved He's told me it's clear I know I am walking with God have I always walked with him in obedience no I haven't have I been stubborn am I stubborn goat sometimes yes I am I am so stubborn sometimes it's unbelievable but that stubbornness sometimes costs me and when it costs me I come back to the cross to the place of truth now have I seen any of his disciplines have I seen any of them as something that is wrong now no now I see it as his love towards me do you, do you know why, why I want to, to, to say this is that we're all struggling with certain things we all are the world wants to make sure we're trapped I asked the question why is sex the things that sells the most 
somebody selling a car and you say naked woman almost almost naked what has a naked woman got to do with a car i mean why is sex the most put it you mess up you get your sexual identity wrong you mess up your whole identity when you read proverbs carefully it says a, a young man void of understanding sexual sin is a sin against your own body and they're going to put it out there they're going to put it more and more and it's going to get worse but you have one choice you have five things that God has given to you to help you number one his love number two his grace number three his body number four a task number five his judgments all these things God has given to every single Christian to make sure that you don't fall into lust why do, why do we talk about lust in this way because it's a thing that is deadly but sometimes not obvious you're watching a movie and you know what I noticed I've watched some of the Nigerian movies recently I've now noticed that you're now they're now smooching easily start to piss properly on so we're, we're moving Hollywood is now trying to influence the things and I was as I watched it I thought oh they've just put a thought in my head do, do you understand it it's subtle and and they use social mobilization to not they use media to socially mobilize you to make you think in a certain way you know Kanye's recent interview talks about if you sign a contract you should never use the name of Jesus if you, if you haven't watched it you need to watch it if you're signing a record label contract you can never use the name of Jesus that's how powerful it is everything that is that we're listening to right now the feminist movement the, 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 the climate change and don't get me wrong some of these things are important yeah? The, the climate change, abortion, and what's the last one? You've got climate change, abortion, and sexual identity. All of them are linked to Genesis. Every single one of them. Evolution, linked to Genesis. Let us disprove God. If I can disprove God, we can control you. And if I can get you into sexual sin, then I can control you because sexual sin is an emotional thing. It's based on your feelings, not on your reality. So the more I walk with God, the more my reality, my focus changes. And the more I walk with the same, my brothers and my sisters, the more I become stronger. The more I do His work, the more I become focused. And the more I see His judgments, the more I know I'm on the right path. Those are my thoughts. And I hope this has been helpful. Because this chair, whatever is what, um, I, I think we would um, take two questions, then we'd take the offering and we'll close with worship, do a bit of that and we'll close. Um, I don't know if that's okay. If you're out there, you have a question, you can drop it, we'll read it. But dealing with lost in the 21st century, like what Pastor is saying, it's 
it is very you have to be deliberate about what you take in what you receive what you hear what you watch because those are the, are the portals through which you can absorb right um and it's it's something that i think if we want to really be effective in the work god has called us to um as we were journeying god these things would have to fall off at some point they have to fall off and what god is requiring of now is a radical church a radical faith a church on fire a church on the move right so it's it's um i, I see it more as a as a reminder of the fundamentals um of god you know when god judges us he dials into us exposes what needs to fall off your heart so you can find redemption and you as you are you have to see what whenever whatever he dials out that is not of god's kind then it's time to drop those things where they belong right any any thoughts questions for anybody here I think something that has been in my mind before, but you know, there's when it comes to dealing with sexual sin or anything, but it's there's a measure of intentionality on your part. There's a level of responsibility you play as a child and as a son of God, which means you play a part in also protecting your mind. Which means the type of music you're listening to, like Pastor Dapo said, um, the type of books you're reading the place that you're going to and I think the, most, the very most important thing I had said to me which, is, which was I was not conscious of before was my ability to reject a message that was contrary to my spirit now normally if I as a person like, I would maybe just listen to something and simply just wave it off but then you don't know the amount of damage it's done to you in the short time that you've been there so now you have to be intentional in terms of rejecting that this is contrary to the will of God for my life there's a song that I used to listen to. I was driving home one day and I was listening to the radio and the song was like, all my friends are dead, push me to the limit. And I was singing the song. It took me like 10 seconds to realize what I was singing. I was like, yo, no, God forbid, because all my <laughs> friends are not dead. Killed. He said, all my friends are not dead. But it's to show you how catchphrasy a lot of these things are. How they just sink into your subconscious and you don't even know this is where you're going to because, you know, it's a cool song. It's a happy song. So, Intentionality is key. Protecting your mind is key. Being conscious enough to reject these things in your spirit. And also saturating yourself, not only in prayer, but the word of God. Because that is the truth and direct source in all these things. But you can't make transition away by yourself. You have to be able to hold on to God. And like I said, you have the grace. You have his Holy Spirit. You have the ability to ask for him to change your desire. And I, I think maybe that's where a lot of us have missed it in the past, not asking, you know. Sometimes we're like, oh, God, do this, and then you simply forget. But when you ask God to treat the roots of the problem, which is the desire, that is where the real foundational change will come from. There's one thing I want to say. The devil's intentional about what Don't assume that he's not intentional. Every single thing that he has done is intentional. So, it has been systematic. He has systematically got fathers out of the house. That was intentional. So, yeah, you go and, do a, go and get a job, right? That's intentional. So, he's systematically broken the home. That was intentional. Nearly everything that the devil does, either way he's trained, is intentional, right? And therefore, we have to be intentional because God was intentional about us being saved. So we have to be intentional about walking with him. 
of following you, you can't the more i realize it the more i realize i've got to be intentional about reading my bible i've got to be intentional about praying i've got to be intentional about doing what he wants i have to be intentional and i need people around me who are going to be intentional about reminding me that that's where i need to go do you, do you understand i i don't want to come to to nigeria for example I, I don't stay in hotels when i come to nigeria actually when i travel anywhere by myself i don't stay in hotels unless i have to i use the word unless i have to and I'm very intentional about that. And someone says, well, you could have, your, you know, you could have nice hotels. And they, I said, no, I, I want to be intentional. I'd rather stay with someone who's just got a room for that few weeks because I want to be intentional. Do you, do you understand? No, some people can handle it, but I don't want to be in a hotel. I, I want to be intentional in my relationships. So there are many things, decisions I'm making now that are intentional. And that's key to this whole thing. Jesus when I made a decision to follow Jesus, I was intentional. When I made a decision to make disciples, I was intentional. Because I now realize that he wants me to be intentional. Because he's intentional about me. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I remember um, on Sunday, we were talking about the, how we can trace music and then tie music to certain events that have happened in culture. And I said, I, I look at the black American society in the 70s and in the 60s, their songs were mostly about love and maybe infidelity. You have a lot of those um, me and Mrs. Jones got this thing going on, right? And then um, Temptation song about Papa was a Rolling Stone. So what that did was the men sufficiently could never be whole. What you find, particularly in America, where the, the, the music movement, rock and roll movement, they were, they were just they were, they were boys even at 17. Mm -hmm. And the raised kids had kids at every turn and every street, right? But just didn't father the children. They were not there. So what we saw that the generation came that could not father, could not raise a home. But in the 90s, when um, the, we started the, the hip-hop movement, and you had people like um, Tupac Shakur, people like Biggie, Snoop Doggy Dog. I think Nas was there, Maze was there, but they were not necessarily like heavy frontliners. What we saw with Tupac and... and um, and Biggie was an institutionalization of violence. They created the West Coast, East Coast um, cultism and violence and war. It spilled into Nigeria even back in the 90s. That if you were, if we attended universities like University of Port Harcourt, Uni, Unicar, Uniben, and I think there were flashes in Unilag, it was predominantly a dark world because what the music brought about a certain climate, right? And people just took that on. So even now, the population of, of the black Americans in prison, I personally say this, that is not unconnected to the fact that a generation made violence and war the staple in their music, right? Even now, when we listen to the content of the music in Nigerian society, literally everything about that is coming from the music scene in Nigeria is about trivializing it. Sex has become recreation. So they talk about it like bananas, like um, all this other stuff. They use all these words, and literally every song is about objectifying. It's about just body. There is no depth. There is no sense of message. There is no ideology. Our music is not about so much more than that. But what we don't even know is that infidelity has literally... Now, it's almost like it's your, your, if you're in a relationship, it's expected that the guy can be faithful. Right, and the women are that it's just like, well, guys do these things, it's one of those things, and people are accepting as a norm brokenness. 
but we are called to redefine the standards. We are called to renew culture. And for us at the tribe, we keep reminding that our marriages would work. Our marriages just have to work. One man, one wife. The bed remaining undefiled for the rest of your life. And you work at your marriage, you give your best to it. You, you, you're consumed with the marriage or with the wife of your youth. right? And that's what we're praying. So um, we want to take our offerings now. Yeah, it's online, but we don't stop because we still have to do the work. Because this will pass, but the work will remain. All right, so please, I don't know, we're going to project it. Uh, it's, it's there already, please. Um, let's give. And Father, we thank you for the seed that we're given. We thank you for the word that you've spoken. We thank you for the word to remind us again not to be a slave to the senses of our sight and our word and what we hear, but reminding us of the wisdom to always steward whatever we hear in love and in wisdom and knowing that we are called to stand and walk in purity and stand and live a life that is pleasing to you and stand and know that whenever people encounter us, they indeed have encountered people that genuinely value intimacy with God. We're not going to break our intimacy. We're not going to throw what you've given to us. We will stand and, and live the life that you've called us to live. And thank you for Pastor Dapo that every time you bring him, you bring a word in season to remind us again of who we are in you. Father, thank you because as he has poured on us, you will pour him back into him. You rekindle and refresh and revive every part of his being. And as he goes back to London, he goes back with healing, casting out all the corona in his wake in the name of Jesus. And for those of us here, we've been reminding you guys, there is more to life than the fear of corona. This will pass. Um, all across human civilization, we've seen that things have come and confronted humanity, but we always will conquer. God will use this to bring out glory. Whatever the enemy has intended for evil, he will turn it around for good. Don't go around with a long face complaining like Nigerians can't handle this. This is so sad. Trust me, there is no place to run. Where, where you want to run to now, that place that need help. So what we need to do is to be the people God has called us to be. You can't carry God. When, you know, think about the disciples. People touched the hem of Jesus' garment. They got healed. Their shadows and their aprons and their handkerchiefs were used to heal people. And you think you're any different. You're not. The truth is that when, when, you, when, when you come in contact, when things come in contact with you, they heal. You don't get adulterated. So it's not that if I touch it now, I've contacted. No. You, healing comes out of you into that. Yes, we, we need you guys to be cautious and all that because we're law-abiding citizens. So we try not to gather in crowd. That's why we're not up to 50. So we're technically not breaking any law. All right? Because we're not up to 50. Right, but... Huh? So... Okay, yeah, tomorrow morning, please, if you're on the family group, we're going to drop the link again for the Zoom prayer. It's a powerful season. Just keep praying, staying there. When you pray, you bring the anxieties of your mind into the realities of your spirit. You bring your mind into union. You bring your mind into oneness. You allow the, the love of God that is in your spirit to permeate into every part of your being. So let's, let's just start thanking Him for tonight again. Father, thank you for the... Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the, the gift of life. Thank you because this will pass. Thank you because you have, you will make an example of us. Lift every part of our being. We'll thank you. We'll know you. We'll celebrate you. Father, thank you because we know that none of us will be lost to this tension in the air. For we overcome. We have overcome. We have overcome. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. 
Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.